The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings at Walt Disney World. I'm Carrie Hayward, and each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Disney bride Alicia Valance about her wedding at Walt Disney World. I thought you guys would be interested to hear about how she chose her locations and how she planned everything and how it all turned out. So welcome, Alicia. Hi, how's it going? I'm great. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Well, I would love to start at the very beginning and find out how you and your fiance decided that you wanted to have your wedding at Disney. I have been going to Disney since I was a little kid, and I have that Disney blood, and I've always known that I wanted to get married at Disney, and I was able to easily convince Cameron to get married there, so that's kind of how we decided on the location. I, Like I said, I just I love Disney so much, and it just really wasn't even a question for me on where I wanted to get married at. And then did your friends and family expect that, or how did they react when they found out where the wedding was going to be? Oh, yeah, they definitely expected it. I don't think anyone was very surprised at all when we told them what location we had decided on. Everybody was really not surprised at all. <laughs> how many guests did you invite and how many were able to make the trip with COVID and everything? So we actually were part of the escape package. We were, I think, one of the last ones to get that package before they did away with those. So we had 20 people total. So we had 18 guests and then the two of us. Oh, and they all, everybody came. Yep. We did not have any issues getting people to come. Luckily, everyone was really supportive, even with everything going on with COVID. And we did actually have to postpone, but everybody was still more than happy to come, even with everything going on. Oh, that's interesting. When were you originally scheduled to get married and did you have to change anything? So we were originally scheduled for August 20th of 2020. And we actually did change a lot of things that we were doing. Um, We went back and forth between staying with the escape package and not, but we ultimately ended up just deciding to keep it. But we did add on and then take some things off as well. So we were originally planning, still the wedding pavilion as our ceremony location, but we were originally planning to do um, the California Grill for our reception. And we kind of found out through the process that with only having 20 people, the minimums were so high and for the types of food, because we did a 12 o'clock ceremony, so that time was kind of the brunch lunch menu. So it was it was a lot of money per person to do everything there. And actually, 
we weren't planning on doing a 12 o'clock ceremony in the beginning. So on our first date, we actually were going to do a 5 p.m. ceremony. We were planning on being able to see the fireworks and everything. And then once that changed and they, you know, aren't doing the fireworks and everything that we weren't able to necessarily get with that location, we ultimately decided to change to Paddlefish for our reception for our new date. Um, We were just able to get a lot more bang for our buck as far as, you know, the type of meal that we were getting since fireworks weren't able to be done. I guess that was kind of a deciding factor for us to change locations for the reception. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Now, did you have at any point a room block for your guests? No, we ended up actually renting a house. Cameron and I stayed at Old Key West in one of the one bedrooms. And then everybody else actually stayed at a very large house that my family had rented for everybody to stay at. So it was very easy with only being so little people. It was just the easiest option and the most cost effective. Got it. Okay. Now, how did you choose your day of week and time of day initially and then when you had to reschedule? So we really just picked a date randomly. (laughs) We didn't have any, there really wasn't any reason why we picked that day, but we did find that because we had a Thursday ceremony that that worked better for travel plans for everybody with it going into a weekend. It kind of made it so that people only had to take a couple days off work because everybody wanted to stay a decent amount of time. And for some reason that was the, the day of week that really worked with everybody that was coming. So we actually kind of catered around what everybody was able to do for the people that we wanted there because it was important for us to have those people there. So we kind of just pulled everybody that was coming and we decided that a Thursday was a a good time. So then when we had postponed to the new date, we once again just picked a date that worked and on a Thursday and that's how we got our new date of um, March 11th. And also the 11th, particularly because that was before daylight savings time was also another reason around that time in March was important for me just because I wanted some of those dark pictures for our park shoot, but also some light pictures. So it seemed to work out pretty decently for that as well. Oh, interesting. Okay. Now you originally chose the wedding pavilion and you stuck with the wedding pavilion. How did you choose it? Honestly, it's, I've been visiting, like I said, Florida since I was a kid and we've been going to the wedding pavilion, we would always go walk by it. And I've just always loved it. And it just really was not even a question for me. I didn't even look at any other locations. (laughs) I just, I knew I wanted the wedding pavilion and just to make things not complicated. If I happened to want to change my mind, I didn't even look at any other venues. (laughs) I just stayed with the wedding pavilion. And with COVID, it actually worked out to our advantage since that's one of the locations that I guess is the easiest with the restrictions that they had at the time. Right. Okay. Now your reception venue, you went from California Grill to Paddlefish. How did you choose Paddlefish? Did you think about doing another Disney venue or had you always thought, "Mm, maybe we should have done Paddlefish? (laughs) So when we went down a little bit before, so we ended up actually going in August when we were originally supposed to get married. Uh, We ended up going down to Florida again and we had went to Disney Springs and I actually had never been to Paddlefish and we decided to just go there randomly just as a dining reservation and I just loved their like upper area it's just so pretty and at that time we we hadn't changed anything yet but I had told Cameron I said if you know if we don't do California Grill this is definitely my next pick I just loved how it looked I mean I've obviously seen other people's pictures and they're always just so gorgeous with you know the sunset and just I just loved how it looked and their food is phenomenal there which California Grill also has amazing food which was a reason why we had them on our list 
for the reception in the beginning, but I figured that they were kind of comparable food wise for us. And that's what we thought anyway. So I think, like I said, it was just what we could get for our money at Paddlefish compared to California Grill for our guest count was really just night and day. And it just seemed the most budget smart way to do it. And like I said, without fireworks, it to me, it was, you know, just more of what would be better for our guests and what we would get for our money. I see. Okay. Now, did you use any outside vendors for your event? We used outside photography and we did have a videographer as well. Um, and that was it. Did you do any floral and decor at Paddlefish or anything like that? We actually didn't. We didn't do any decor at the Wedding Pavilion, and we also didn't do any decor at Paddlefish. Um, both of those venues, I thought, really don't need that much decoration, and we're kind of, you know, more on the subtle side, I guess. So we, you know, we didn't think that that was something that we necessarily needed. I thought that both of those venues are so pretty on their own. Got it. Okay. I did bring my own floral for my bouquet, and then the brides and groomsmen, we actually did bring our own floral. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Now, how did you choose your officiant? We joined some of the Facebook groups, and we started watching videos and just kind of doing a bunch of research, and we kind of just picked whoever we thought that, you know, was going to be the best fit for us and, you know, who kind of spoke to us and we kind of just did our own research and just picked someone off of the list of people that pretty much everybody recommended. And we ended up going with Kevin Knox and he was amazing and great. We're really happy with how everything went with him. That's wonderful. Did you guys add any entertainment to your day? We did. We had, I had the coach and then we also added on Minnie and Mickey as well. So how did that work with doing a ceremony-only event at the Wedding Pavilion, where did you have Mickey and Minnie appear? So we did actually have a cake and champagne since we still were part of the escape package. So we did have that at one of the ballrooms at the Grand Floridian. I see. Great. And how did they handle the appearance by Mickey and Minnie with all the COVID rules? So they did have the greenery barrier up. And obviously we had to stay, you know, socially distanced away from them. But overall, our guests really loved having them there. We did go back and forth, honestly, a couple times because we had originally had them on for the first date. And then they actually had taken them off before we were told we had to postpone. They had said that they were no longer doing characters at that time. So then they had taken them off. And then we had really, really went back and forth about just the cost to have them, you know, with the having them be distanced and with the barrier. But ultimately I added them on like super last minute. I was like, we have to do it. I, I think I'll regret it if we don't. And I'm so glad that we did. Um, even with, even with the restrictions, I think that everybody just loved that entertainment part of it. That's great. Did you choose specific costumes for them? We did. We had Mickey in his black tux and then Minnie had a white dress on. Super cute. Uh, <laughs> do you have any cake flavors you would recommend from your cake cutting? So we just did a marble cake with a chocolate mousse. So it was super simple and it was a huge hit. We did a cake testing. Uh, we had picked it up in August when we had went down for our original date. And um, we just went with something super simple that we figured everybody would enjoy. And it was very, very, very good. That's great. Any menu items at Paddlefish that you would recommend? Oh, everything is great at Paddlefish. <laughs> um, 
we had the filet mignon lobster and then we had a vegetarian pasta and all three of those were great that's wonderful did you add any other events around your day like a welcome party or a farewell party we did a rehearsal dinner the day before the ceremony. We did that at Shades of Green. So that was kind of like our welcome party. All of our guests went to that. Um, but we didn't do any like formal big event or anything like that. Well, that's cool. You just had a reservation at Mangino's or something? Yeah, they actually had a private room for us there. They have a, I think it was at the Garden, the Garden Grill. Their other restaurant that normally has a buffet. Um, they actually had a room blocked off there so that we could have all of our guests because they have a limit for people for dining, but they were able to um, get us into a room so that we were able to have all 20 people there with us. That's cool. And do you have a government or a military connection or were you able to make a reservation without that? My grandfather was in the military, so that's how we were able to book that. Got it. Okay. So can you give my listeners a timeline of how your day ran? Yeah. So we... Our ceremony was at 12 o'clock. My bridesmaids and I got picked up around, I believe it was probably like 1130-ish. And we headed over to the Grand Floridian and me and my maid of honor got dropped off at the front and then they took everybody else over to the pavilion. And then after the ceremony, we had the cake and champagne. Then we headed right over to Paddlefish and we ended our night around, I think it was 630. So it was kind of an earlier ending, but it gave us time. Cameron and I, you know, we were very exhausted. So it gave us time. We went back to the hotel and had some time together. And it was actually, it was really nice where we weren't too exhausted, but it was like just the perfect amount of time for us to get the most out of the day. Oh, that's great. I'm glad you mentioned that because I have seen people saying, you know, my wedding ends at four or six or whatever, and what am I going to do after? And and I think, <laughs> you don't have to do anything. <laughs> yeah, we had that conversation too. And then ultimately, because we were going to go back to the house with everybody, and then I'm like, why don't we just go to the hotel and just relax, just the two of us, which, I mean, of course, everybody wants to do that on their wedding day. And it was just nice that we weren't so exhausted that we couldn't enjoy that time together because we, you know, we had some drinks over at Old Key West and just enjoyed our time, just the two of us. That's great. Can you talk a little bit more about the timeline of how things ran with going from the ceremony to the reception and when Mickey and Minnie came and like the beat by beat of the cake and champagne? Yeah. So this was kind of one of the things that if I was to go back in time, I would have had a lot more conversations with our planner about so after the ceremony, I think our ceremony ended. So we actually started late. I guess I should start with that. <laughs> we did have a little bit of a hiccup in our transportation. I had taken a limo with my bridesmaids to the wedding pavilion and oh, I should say the Grand Floridian, but all of our other guests, including Cameron, were at the house and they had a motor coach come pick them up. Unknown to me at the time, the motor coach actually showed up about 30 minutes late. Mm. So it pushed everything back. So we actually didn't start our ceremony until around, it was around closer to 1230, 1220 ish. So that kind of changed the timeline. So I don't actually know exactly what time everything started, but I do know that we took pictures for probably about maybe 15 or 20 minutes after the ceremony. But because of the timeline and with us having the escape package, everything is, you know, pretty well timed out and they kind of move you along pretty quickly. So we very quickly moved into the cake and champagne and we didn't really know what was going on, to be honest. <laughs> so we did, obviously we looked at the BEO and we 
we knew what was supposed to happen at the cake and champagne, but we didn't really know exactly where we were supposed to be. And that wasn't really ever discussed with us. So it was very confusing. (laughs) So when we walked in, nobody really knew we were coming in. So that was kind of interesting because no one was really at first when we first walked into the room, you know, everybody was kind of looking around and then they realized that we were walking in. So then they started clapping, but we were just told right as we were walking in the door, just go to the dot in the middle of the floor. And we're, so we're scanning the floor looking for this dot. And we're like, <laughs> what is going on? And they're like, you're going to do your first dance right now. So it was just very, I would say kind of chaotic <laughs> to be mm-hmm. honest. Everything went very well, even with it being late, it was okay. But the cake and champagne was kind of a little bit chaotic everything was just very fast. And I don't know if it was because of the, you know, the ceremony starting late and everything was, you know, the timeline that they had wasn't going the way that it was supposed to. So I think that kind of made things a little bit more crazy than they probably normally would be. Cause I think Minnie and Mickey came late, like everything was just pushed back a little bit further. And we had our reservations. The timeline had worked out where we basically had 30 minutes to get to paddlefish and about 20 minutes to walk there, which was more than enough time. But, you know, we had those reservations at Paddlefish for our reception. So (laughs) they were trying to get us, you know, on the bus and everything following that timeline. But it was just really hard since everything had already been, you know, kind of pushed back. So once we got to the circle on the floor, we started dancing. And then we actually, because we were so focused on the floor, that we didn't even know where our table was that we were supposed to go to because we had added on Minnie and Mickey last minute. So they had changed the floor plan. So the way that it was set up when we had last, you know, seen everything in the documents wasn't how it was set up when we got there. Mm -hmm. So that's what I mean by it was just chaotic because we really just, I'm sure we looked very confused (laughs) and I think everybody was kind of confused because we just didn't know what we were supposed to do. So that kind of leads into something else where I would just say, make sure you have those conversations and ask questions if you aren't sure and like double check, because I, you know, assume that everything would just go the way it was supposed to, but obviously things happen and, you know, you have to just readjust, but we really did not know what was going on at the cake and champagne. There was just many moments where we were, you know, Oh, we're cutting cake now. Oh, you know, Minnie and Mickey are already coming in the door. Like we just, I guess there just wasn't a lot of preparation and, you know, part of that could have been on us for, you know, maybe not asking enough questions, but everything was just crazy at the cake and champagne celebration. And I, a few of our guests too, like some of them didn't even know we were cutting our cake. It was just kind of crazy. And I don't know what would have made it <laughs> less crazy to be honest, but that's the only thing that, you know, just didn't really go as planned. I guess I would say it wasn't exactly what I expected. It wasn't bad, but it just was a little bit confusing. Got it. Okay. So when you were planning, what were some of the most important aspects of your event where you focused your attention or your budget? So it was definitely that entertainment aspect. So for me, having the coach was a hundred percent something that I absolutely had to have. It is a huge cost. And so we kind of focused on that, having Minnie and Mickey. And then for me, it was outside photography. We had originally had um, Disney doing all of our photography, but with COVID and not knowing, you know, necessarily who our photographer was going to be, um, we just made the decision that we thought that having outside photography would be the best for us just because of 
our needs and what we wanted and the types of photos that we like to have. So that a big part of our budget went to that as well as, like I said, Minnie and Mickey and then the coach. So that's kind of where we focused all of our attention to. And then we did originally have um, the wedding pavilion decorated, but after going there in August and kind of looking at everything again, we actually decided to get rid of all of our decorations for the wedding pavilion, including the aisle runner, which I was like dead set on in the beginning. Um, and honestly, I'm so glad that we didn't spend money there because it's so pretty on its own and it really doesn't need extra decorations. Interesting. Okay. What were some other aspects where you saved your money or your effort? I think as far as upgrading like the music, we didn't have any extra entertainment music wise. So we just had the violinist and the pianist that um, was included in that package and then the violinist at the cake and champagne and honestly I think the guests love the violinist just as much as they love Minnie and Mickey Um, he was taking requests for songs and it was just super cool he basically he knew every single song that anyone requested and was able to you know play it and it was so awesome to watch and everybody was getting you know really into it and everybody wanted to request a song and it was it was a really cool experience That's wonderful. What ended up being your favorite memory of your wedding day? I would definitely say it's a toss up between a few things, but I think it was definitely the coach. I think that experience is just like a once in a lifetime. I felt like royalty and it was such a great experience. That's wonderful. And I'm glad you mentioned that because I know for a lot of people, it seems like the people who really want it and get it can justify paying the money for it because it's so expensive and the people who are okay to cut it to save the money are okay that they cut it (laughs) so did you go back and forth like oh should I spend this kind of money on this or I think the coach for me was one of the things from the very beginning that I wasn't willing to to negotiate on and luckily we had the ability to get it and I'm very very happy that we did I think if I wouldn't have had it, I I would have been one of those people that regretted not having it. And I, I didn't want to look back and regret it later on, you know, not having it. So I figured, you know what, let's just do it. And that was the one thing that definitely stayed from the very beginning. I wasn't, you know, willing to go without that. Huh. Okay. So now you mentioned the timing. Was there anything else that went wrong or just didn't turn out like you expected? I think it was just the transportation and then the cake and champagne being a little bit confusing. Other than that, everything did go good. And we, we definitely enjoyed everything about our wedding and we wouldn't necessarily change anything other than, you know, maybe just being a little bit more vocal about, you know, just everything prior to the event, just to make sure um, I'm one of those people that likes to have control over everything. (laughs) And it was hard to kind of let go and let other people you know, do things and, you know, just kind of not worry about it. But at the end of the day, I kind of wish I would have maybe asked a few more questions just to a hundred percent clarify, you know, exactly what we would be doing at every moment. That way, you know, we knew exactly what was going on every step of the way. That's a good point. Was there anything that seemed like a big deal beforehand and then it turned out not to be? Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I really have an answer for that one. (laughs) <laughs> I just know sometimes people are like, I was obsessing about my shoes and if I had the right shoes and blah, blah, blah. And then on the day of the shoes are fine. <laughs> yeah, Ironically, it's kind of the opposite where I think I should have been a little bit more, I guess, vocal just about what I want. And I think that everybody thinks, you know, it's 
Disney and everything's going to be perfect, but sometimes things go wrong. And I think it's never a bad thing to ask questions. And I think maybe I shied away from it just because I, you know, I assume that nothing could go wrong. And I think maybe some people, including me, might be afraid to ask too many questions. And I think a good takeaway would be, it's your wedding, you're paying for it, ask as many questions as you need to make sure that you understand and that everybody's on the same page with everything. I agree. Yeah, that's great advice. Do you have any other tips or advice for future Disney couples? Yeah, my advice would be, you know, do whatever is right for you. But I definitely think that we made the right decision going forward with it, even during COVID. I think that it didn't really make too much of a difference. Our guests enjoyed the wedding just as much as I think they would if we, you know, didn't have the mask rules. One other thing I would say that was a little bit confusing, too, which is another question to maybe ask beforehand because things change so many times when masks need to be on and when they don't need to be on. We did have some circumstances where we thought, you know, we had to have them on and we actually could have them off. And it wasn't, I guess, because some things had changed in between, you know, when we had our wedding and when we had spoken to our planner last. So, you know, they were kind of whispering, like, you could take your mask off. And we're like, oh, okay. So I think that's another thing that I would make sure that, you know, everybody's on the same page with as well, because, you don't want to just keep taking them on and off if you don't necessarily have to. But like I said, I, I wouldn't really change anything. And I think COVID really didn't make too much of a difference for us. I think we got a lot of pictures without our masks on and it, it really didn't make that much of a difference for our guests. I think, you know, at the end of the day, it was about, you know, us getting married and not necessarily the mask. And we're used to wearing masks anyway all the time. <laughs> so it's really, you know, just another day for us. Huh. Okay. Well, this is great advice. I, I think you've offered a lot of great tips for anyone who's uh, planning right now for Walt Disney World. And I appreciate your taking the time. Yeah. That's our show for today. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward, inviting you to join me again next week for another episode of the Disney Wedding Podcast. In the meantime, send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show site, DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at FairyTaleWeddingsGuide.com. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.